welcome you to Christ Community Church. Those of you who are here, those of you at home watching, I have a word of the Lord for us this morning. It's a message that God's been brewing in my heart. And uh, I want to share it with you. It's when the Father crossed his hands. I want to take you to the Gospel of Mark. We go to Mark chapter 10. Jesus is preaching and speaking. And uh, the people are gathering together to hear this great rabbi, this teacher, Pharisees as well, coming to hear him. And those crowds and people around, families coming to hear what this master teacher has to say. They want to hear his teaching once again. But there's crowds of children as well, and they're scrambling and running around. And some of them see such a Uh, an anointing on Jesus, they want to crawl up in his lap. They want to come to him, and the disciples push them back. Because in this culture, we don't have room for children, especially especially great teachers and rabbis. Uh, He'll take the questions from those others, authorities and scholars, but children, keep them away. Parents, get hold of these kids. And Jesus says, no, no. And he says, let the children come to me. This is so unusual. He says, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not inherit it and shall not enter in. And he took them in his arms and he blessed them, laying his hands on them. Jesus says, unless we are like a child we will not inherit the kingdom. Scholars for years have tried to understand what does this mean as a child, and so we know that children are humble and meek and low. It's not based on our intelligence. It's not based on our strength. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's because we're so weak and ignorant, we need a savior. We need to be like children who would just bounding enter in by trusting our savior. But it's in fact even more than that because Jesus uses a word for the child here. He says, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child, but the word there in the Greek for child is an infant, a newborn. So what Jesus is actually saying is the same thing he said in the gospel of John to Nicodemus. Unless you are born again, you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you're born into it. It's the same for an inheritance. You're never going to inherit anything unless you are an heir. So you must be an infant into the kingdom of God. You must be born into the kingdom of God. And then it says he gathered them into his arms and he blessed them. A Hebrew blessing upon them. And he laid his hands on them. Now that's nice. What did he say? What's a nice blessing? God bless you, little child. Bless you, bless you, bless you, and bless you, and bless you, and bless you. No, he, this is very specific. Mark is specifically speaking to the blessings that are bestowed upon children, the Hebrew blessings. And they go like this, the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life, 
uh, long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless these children, and in them let my name be carried on, the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. It was specific. Mark is putting in the story the posture of the blessings of Jacob upon his grandchildren. In Genesis 48, verse 16, we see Jacob blessing his grandchildren, Manasseh and Ephraim. It says that he brought them into his lap onto his knees. And then he laid his hands on them and blessed them. And that's what Jacob said. Jacob said, The God before whom my father, Abraham, and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless these boys. In them let my name be carried on, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac. Let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth, And it says, so he blessed them that day, saying, by you Israel will pronounce blessings, saying, God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. Every Sabbath evening on Friday night, Jewish fathers gather their children together before Shabbat, before the Sabbath, and they bless their children. And this is what they say. May God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. To the girls they say, and may God bless you like Rachel, Leah, and so forth. So this is a very specific blessing. And Jesus is blessing the children in the name of Ephraim and Manasseh. It's interesting that, in fact, that is the fame, if you will, of Jacob. I mean, we know a lot of stories about Jacob, don't we? What a scoundrel he was. I mean, at his birth, he grabs his brother's ankle. He steals his brother's birthright for a portage of, a pottage of chili or stew, and he schemes his father Isaac and puts fake hair on his arm to take his brother Esau's birthright blessings, Jacob, Isaac's blessings on him. He has to run away. He, he works for Laban to get a wife, but he gets conned into having two wives. Then it multiplies into two wives and two concubines, and he's just a rascal. He ends up wrestling angels. He sees a ladder to heaven and all the things that Jacob says but in Hebrews chapter 11 the one thing that they pin on him as a hero of faith is this by faith Jacob when he was dying blessed each of the sons of Joseph bowing in worship over the head of his staff it's this prayer that he's famous for It's this prayer that is, if he did anything by faith in his life, it was pronouncing this prayer on Manasseh and Ephraim. There must be something to it. must be something important. And as Jesus gathered the children and blessed them, may you be blessed as Manasseh and Ephraim. This prayer is key 
It's important. Well, let's get to the story of it, shall we? You know that Jacob had 12 sons. Before he had his 12th, Benjamin, he had 11. And his favorite, because of his wife Rachel, whom he loved, had one son at the time, Joseph. And Jacob, not being that great of a dad, favored him above all of them, made him a really fancy coat with many colors. Joseph didn't know any better. He just lived his life as a favored one and happened to tattle a lot on his other ten brothers. He'd go out, see him working, and he'd come back and say, Hey, Dad, uh, they're over in this field instead of the field you told them to be in. And the brothers didn't like Joseph. We had quite a dysfunctional family in that group. They got to such a place, well, Joseph had a gift that God had given him, the ability to dream and interpret dreams. He had a dream one day where there were 10 other sheaths and and, uh, they all bowed down to him. And he was quick to tell all his brothers this dream and what it meant. He later had a dream where... His mother and father as well bowed down to him. And he made sure he told everybody and his dad and mom. That didn't go over really well. So time passes and the brothers are all out in the field and Joseph comes bounding in again to check on him. And they said, you know what, we're done with this kid. So they were going to kill him. They threw him into a pit. An empty well, they were going to let him rot down there. And then a band traveling through on their way to Egypt was coming by, and they said, you know what, we might as well make, let's make some money off the kid. They sold him into slavery. Took an animal's blood, put it on that coat of many colors, and brought it to his dad, Jacob, and said, he's dead. Joseph ends up in Egypt. God favors him. God honors him. He becomes the head in Potiphar's household and has this great position of authority until Potiphar's wife wants to sleep with him. And and, uh, he won't. He keeps himself pure, uh, a virtuous young man. And and he runs away and she accuses him and he ends up in prison for a number of years, doesn't he? Until he interprets the dream of the uh, baker and the wine taster and He interprets their dream and says, remember me when you get out. And uh, one of them made it out, the other didn't. And uh, he forgot about Joseph in prison. But Joseph gets, again, uh, I'll tell you what, if you'll follow the ways of the Lord, you will always rise to the top. At work, wherever you are, follow the ways of the Lord and you will be honored and you will rise up. Well, finally he got remembered, and uh, the king, the pharaoh, had a dream, and uh, no one could interpret it, and and that's when the the wine taster said, hey, you know what? I knew this guy in prison. He he interprets dreams. They got Joseph. He interpreted it and told them about the seven years of famine that were coming, and they had seven years to prepare for it, and Joseph had a plan, and and, uh, the pharaoh was so impressed, made him second in command of all of Egypt, and The famine hit, yet they were all prepared. So back over in Israel, Jacob 
and his sons need food. They're starving, so Jacob sends the rest of his kids. Joseph is now born, uh, Benjamin is now born at that time, so the 11 of them go over to Egypt to get some food, and they don't recognize their brother Joseph. He recognizes them. So he works this whole thing out and plans it. And then there's a reuniting and Jacob comes and finds the son he thought that was dead. He is dead, but now he is alive again. Joseph is a type of Jesus Christ. Joseph is a type of a resurrected Lord. And Jacob, of course, is blessed out of his socks that his son did not die. And in fact, he sees him now alive. And he brings the family down and they live in Egypt. That's how the 12 tribes came into living in Egypt for 400 years because of what Joseph had done for them and how God had prepared and God was incubating that family into a nation that he was going to bring out in due season. So all of this to say that Jacob now is an old man and he's ready to bless and he's ready to speak the blessing over his children. And as he looks at his children, he sees his oldest and uh, Simeon and Reuben. He's got to pass them. They're, the oldest is supposed to get the double portion of blessing, but each of them has done something scandalous. And he goes down the line and he decides that he's going to give the firstborn right to Joseph. There he is favored again. But you know what? There was no argument because everybody realized the dreams he had came true. They did all bow before Joseph. They recognize it. So Jacob is going to give the blessing of the firstborn to Joseph, who was the firstborn to Rachel and his favored one. And he's going to give the double portion of blessing. Well, while in Egypt, Joseph had two children, Manasseh, and Ephraim. And Jacob says that as he's going to bless, he is going to bless his two sons, Jacob's grandsons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And what he says is amazing. He says this, I am going to adopt your two sons as my own sons. Now, this is key because what that means is not only will Jacob pass his inheritance of the promised land and the blessings of God onto his 12 children, he will also give blessing to Manasseh and Ephraim. And though there are 12 children for the tribes of Israel, there are 13 allotments of territories in the new land. Levi doesn't get one. They're going to be the priesthood. They don't have their own land. But Manasseh and Ephraim are counted in the promised land to have their own territories. They're supposed to be grandchildren. But Jacob brings them in as his own heirs and his own children to inherit the blessing. He adopts them as his own. That's pretty amazing. They receive a full inheritance as equal as the other 12. And he says, they will be reckoned as mine and they will inherit their own territory. It's fascinating because the name Manasseh, as Joseph gave a name to his firstborn son while in Egypt and finding the favor of the Pharaoh, he calls Manasseh, my forgotten troubles. In fact, 
He says, God has made me forget entirely my troubles and my father's house. It's amazing that Joseph was treated so badly, but he didn't have bitterness. And he was forgiving. And he named his child Forgotten Troubles. That's a good name. Every time he called his son, I've passed my troubles on. I no longer have problems. I call my son Forgotten Trouble. The past is forgotten. How many of you would love to have your past forgotten? Your woes, your troubles, your indiscretions, your failures, your woundedness, the past forgiven. Amen. Then he names his next son Ephraim, doubly fruitful, a double portion, a double blessing. Isn't it interesting that when it came for time for Jacob to bless his children, Jacob skips his firstborn and then the next one and the next one, and who gets the double blessing? Joseph, doubly blessed. He was the head of Potiphar's wife, falsely accused, but then over the years brought out and he was given authority over all of Egypt under the Pharaoh, doubly blessed, doubly fruitful. And what his brothers meant for evil, God intended for good, doubly blessed. Not only his life, but now he is able to bless his family and his father. Doubly blessed, Manasseh and Ephraim. So it is time now for Jacob to bless his two children, grandchildren that he adopted as his own. Joseph brings them to Jacob. Joseph uh, uh, sets them in the positioning as Jacob sits up in his bed. He is dim of sight and cannot see. So carefully, Joseph brings Manasseh and puts him in front of Jacob so that he would be at Jacob's right hand because Manasseh is Joseph's oldest and deserves the right hand of favor. He then brings his other son Ephraim to Jacob's left hand. So when Jacob places his hands on them, they will be in the correct position of authority. Firstborn gets the right hand of blessing and the secondborn gets the left hand of blessing. And as Jacob reaches, he holds them in his lap, he sets them down and places his hands on them, but Jacob does something unique. Jacob takes his hands and crosses them. He puts his right hand on Ephraim's head and his left hand on Manasseh. Joseph's a little bit upset. Dad, you got your hands on the wrong heads here. Jacob says, I know, I know. And he begins to pronounce the blessing. Jacob chooses to bless and put the right hand of the firstborn blessing upon Ephraim instead of Manasseh. And so he decrees over Ephraim the double fruitful blessing that he will have. And he will have double blessings over his brethren. And he places a blessing on Manasseh as well. But he crossed his hands. The unique thing about this story is here are two brothers that in the midst 
of the book of Genesis, wherever you saw two brothers, they were constantly at odds with each other. They were constantly fighting. They were constantly polar opposites and and so forth. But not in this case. Manasseh had no problem sharing his blessing and right on his brother Ephraim. He did not squabble. He did not fuss but saw that Jacob did this for a reason and for a purpose. And as we read in Hebrews, it was by faith that Jacob did this. But what is key here is this. Manasseh never switched his position from being at the right hand of Jacob. He didn't lose his positioning. You see, Jacob didn't say, no, I want to do it different. Put the boys in a different place. Manasseh still was at the right hand of Jacob. That was his position in authority of genealogy. But he switched, Jacob switched and crossed his hands. And though Manasseh was at his right, he put the right hand of blessing on Ephraim. And this is the blessing that is spoken over the children every Friday night at Sabbath in most Jewish homes. It's what Jesus would have blessed the children with. God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. And as you look at their history, you will see that their tribe was great. They were leaders of the tribes, the ten northern tribes of Israel. And Ephraim was the strongest tribe in all of those ten northern tribes. The strongest military, the strongest in number. He was doubly fruitful and blessed. What does all this mean? What am I getting at? Because this blessing is our blessing. This story is our story. Do you see, Jacob, when the father called to those who were not to be his sons, and he made them his sons, he adopted them, just as Father God has adopted you and I as his own sons and daughters. We have been adopted. May God bless you and make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. And he has made us like Ephraim and Manasseh. He has called us and adopted us as his sons. God crossed his hands to give you and I the firstborn blessing. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but what Father chose to do was to bless you and I with all the blessings of Jesus Christ. We didn't deserve it. Ephraim did not deserve to be called the firstborn. Ephraim did not deserve to have the double portion of fruitfulness. But Jacob gave it to him prophetically as Jesus Christ had given us all of his benefits. At the right hand of God, you and I have the hand of God in favor put upon us so that we would become doubly fruitful. We are not only saved, but we will inherit all that Christ is rightful to inherit. It's the unearned favor and blessing of the firstborn. You and I are blessed because of what Christ did for us. And the Father has laid hands on you and I to give us Jesus' blessings. We are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. 
and there was never any conflict. We've been given a full inheritance in the promised land. We've been invited into all the blessings of God. When the Father crossed His hands at the cross of Christ, there was never a conflict between Jesus and us. He was so pleased to share the inheritance with us. It says that He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. We've been predestined to be conformed into the image of a son so that Jesus would be the firstborn among many brethren. We've been given the title of son. Manasseh, meaning the past is forgotten. Because of what Jesus did, our sins are gone. Our past is washed away by His blood. Manasseh has caused all of our past to be absolved and gone before our inheritance. And Ephraim has caused us to have a double portion. Not only are we saved and born again, but we will inherit all things from the Father. We've inherited the blessing as children born into the kingdom. May God make you as Ephraim and Manasseh. Jesus gathered the children on His knees, gathered them to Himself, embracing them and blessing them. May God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. This morning, Jesus gathers you unto Himself. And because of the cross of Jesus Christ, the Father has taken the blessings of Jesus, the position of Jesus at the right hand, and He has given it to you and I so that the Father blesses us with the blessing to make us like Ephraim and Manasseh. Your past is gone and you are doubly fruitful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let us bow our heads. Father, I pray this morning that everyone will recognize their past is gone. They've been given. We've been given. I've been given. You have been given the fruitfulness of Ephraim, the right of the firstborn through Manasseh, the blessings of Jacob from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus has blessed us. From the cross, the inheritance comes. You must be as a child, as an infant, as one who was born into this inheritance through Jesus Christ. I would ask this morning, is there anyone here that has never asked Jesus to come into their lives and give them birth? Maybe at home there's someone watching today. Maybe someone's watching this and they've never been adopted by the Father. They've learned about Jesus. They learn Bible stories. They believe there is a God, but they've never been adopted into the family. You've never asked Christ to forgive you of your sins. You've never asked Him 
to be your Lord and you've never asked to be born again. You cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you are as an infant born into this. By your confession of faith, you will be born into the kingdom of God. As you put your faith on the cross of Jesus, you will inherit the birthright of the kingdom. Ask the Lord to forgive you this morning. Ask the Lord to have your past eradicated by the blood of Jesus. Ask Him for the double portion, His Spirit dwelling in you to be born again. And I pray that for everyone in this congregation, whatever your need is this morning, I pray for you that you will be doubly fruitful, doubly blessed, that the very person of God dwelling in you will heal you, will deliver you, will free you from the past, from sin, from doubt. This isn't a work on your own. This is to receive the gift of the inheritance of God. Will you receive it? And let no one rob you of it. We release this blessing now. Oh God, lay your hands on us by the Holy Spirit and pronounce the blessing that God make us as Ephraim and Manasseh. If you'll receive that this morning, say amen. 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 You see, this is the gift of your inheritance. Don't let the enemy cause you to doubt it. It is your birthright in Christ. Amen.